Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you're addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher and I am a Dynasty Freak, which means I love drafting and trading and scouting and managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So do you. So let's talk some Dynasty on episode number 135. It's draft week. Hey, Fantasy Freaks. It's finally here. It's the NFL draft weekend. Yeah, and what I'm going to do on this podcast is recap uh, round one that we all got to experience last night, talk about the Dynasty players that were involved in the first round of the draft and what it means for the rest of their teams. Just a quick, some quick hits here after round one. I uh, was basically charting along the whole whole draft and noting the players that were drafted. wanted to get this podcast out early to all of you just to have some fun reflecting on first round of the 2021 draft. First up was uh, Travis Lawrence, pick number 101, or 1-1. We knew this was happening. Uh, I do think that Lawrence should be the first draft pick in Superflex leagues and a first-round draft pick in one-quarterback leagues even. Uh, he's definitely a can't-miss prospect like Peyton Manning, like Andrew Luck. He's proved on it on every level, and I think it's just going to be a win for sure for Jacksonville. Uh, Jacksonville wide receivers, DJ Chark, LaVisca Chenault, Marvin Jones, uh, recently acquired, and they're going to benefit from his presence and get an immediate boost in their dynasty value, especially Chark and Chenault, a little less so with Jones given his age, but Chark and Chenault will have that. And uh, as I was writing this or thinking about this at the time, I, I thought Jacksonville may draft a running back in the second round. More to come on that, leaving James, James Robinson's status in limbo during day two of the draft. Um, we'll talk about that in a minute because of what they did later in the draft. Uh, I moved up, moved uh, Lawrence already up to my number seven dynasty quarterback between Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow. I think is an immediate top ten quarterback in dynasty right away, uh, boosting the offense. Will be fun to see what happens with Urban Meyer's new new team here. Second pick was Zach Wilson, one point two. Zach Wilson really rode the wave of an incredible twenty twenty COVID season to an, a very unexpected number two pick in the NFL draft. I initially had him ranked as my fourth ranked rookie quarterback prospect, but I slowly moved him up in my rankings after hearing more and more about his work ethic and also just the draft capital, knowing that Jets did plan to draft him number two. I think that his draft capital demands that a rise in a value for him. Uh, he's still he's still my third ranked quarterback. More on that later. He's behind Lawrence and Justin Fields. I have questions about his pedigree, and I don't trust the Jets organization uh, but they do have this new coaching staff that maybe would make me begin to trust them more. But overall, I have not. I think for him, he's going to have to prove it to me on the field. Uh, for now, I've moved him up to number 16 in my dynasty rankings uh, between one proven player, Ryan Tannehill, and a player that does have much to prove, Daniel Jones. So right, right in the middle there at number 16. Uh, I really think he has to establish rapport between the diverse wide receivers that they have in New York now with a veteran James uh, Crowder first round um, draft pick free agent uh, Corey Davis that they signed and second year uh, draft pick Denzel Mims. I think all receivers will be a little rise in their dynasty value because of Zach Wilson and the new coaching staff there, but it's going to take time to really establish a connection and see these kind of middle tier wide receivers, which of them becomes his favorite target. So a little bump up for, for the whole Jets offense, but uh, Zach Wilson 
I'm not as confident in, as you'll hear in a moment, because pick number three was Trey Lance. Uh, the 49ers finally revealed the, the mystery. That was the mystery pick of the draft that kept the, the draft kind of going from there. Uh, San Francisco kept their secret from everyone. It sounds like including Lance, based on what he said. He said on the on the broadcast last night that he had no idea that he was going to get picked there. Not sure I believe it, but uh, good for him. I had Lance uh, rate, rated ahead of Wilson and behind Lawrence and Fields in my early rankings. So I had him as my number three rookie rankings, but I moved Wilson ahead of him as Wilson's draft capital began to rise. But now that Lance was drafted number three, I'm moving Lance ahead of Wilson again, uh, given his draft capital. I have Lance as my number 13 ranked dynasty quarterback right now, just behind Tua Tungavaola. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, this means the end of him. He's likely to get traded during the draft weekend. He might get drafted today or tomorrow. Lance uh, will probably not be well, Lance will be the, the starter sooner rather than later, even if they keep Garoppolo. Uh, Lance immediately bumps up the value a little bit of Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. I think it uh, doesn't do much for Kittle, but that's just because Kittle's value has remained so high no matter who the quarterback is. Uh, but I do love it for Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. Uh, this is good news for them to get a new quarterback in there and one that I think that Shanahan's going to put to play as fast as he can. Pick number four. All these offensive players in the first six picks was awesome. Uh, Kyle Pitts, pick 104. Um, Pitts, as you know, is a generational talent based on every NFL scout's analysis, um, as evidenced by the, them being drafted at number four, the earliest a tight end's gone, I think, ever. I think maybe, i got to go back and do my history. I think there was one tight end that was drafted ahead of number four, but still, the earliest tight end we've seen drafted in a long, long time. I've already moved Pitts up to number six as my dynasty tight end. I think he's an immediate boost of Matt Ryan's dynasty value, even at his age for Matt Ryan. I moved Ryan up from number 16 to number 11, based solely on the addition of Pitts. Julio Jones' dynasty has slow dynasty value um, has slowly been declining, and I think this addition of Pitts is uh, is going to continue that decline. Uh, Jones has always suffered from being a lack from having lack of red zone targets. I think it's going to be even worse now. Uh, he'll still end his career, you know, well by scoring a lot of fantasy points via pass receptions and PPR leagues and racking up a ton of yards like he does. But Pitts is really going to keep Jones' uh, touchdown value down, and so I think Jones' value continues to decline. Calvin Ridley, however, I think he's still going to keep his his dynasty value. While defenses have to pay attention to now thought top three uh, weapons now in their offense, pretty good. Things are looking up for Matt Ryan. I'm excited about that for him, even at his age. Pick number five was Jamar Chase. So Joe Burrow was reunited with Chase. Now we're going to get a common theme of reuniting pass catchers with their uh, quarterbacks. Pretty hilarious. I think Cincinnati just decided they're going to work on their offensive line later in the draft, uh, much to the dismay of T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd managers. I think Chase's addition is excellent for Burrow's dynasty value. But Boyd stands to lose the most. I think Higgins and Chase will be 1A and 1B in Cincinnati, really, for like the next decade. Uh, I talked about that last week on the podcast, so go back and listen to last week's podcast. I was actually pretty accurate on most of my uh, predictions for what happened in this draft. I think the Bengals' uh, offense now actually rivals the Cowboys as one of the best wide receiver cores in the league. Uh, Chase is one of the best prospects I've ever evaluated, and I've already moved him up to number seven in my dynasty rankings, five spots ahead of T. Higgins who still is number 12. So two top 12 dynasty wide receivers, in my mind, 
on one team. Pretty exciting. I think I have Dallas's uh, has top two thirteen with Cooper and with uh, C.D. Lamb. So right there, rivaling them as some of the best receiver cores in the league. Pick number six was another reuniting, uh, Jalen Waddle. Uh, Tua uh, is now reunited with Jalen Waddle. Um, I've been notably less high on Waddle than most analysts. I really am. I've been concerned about his injury history, and I often believe that the fastest and most explosive athletes don't usually make the best NFL wide receivers and, and or keep the best dynasty value. Such players often help NFL teams, but they don't necessarily help fantasy teams. And I do think his draft capital is going to cause me to move him up in my rookie rankings, though, being drafted this high. Uh, but not as high as other analysts, I think, are going to put him. I moved him up to number 26 in my overall wide receiver rankings, just between Chase Claypool and Brandon Cooks. That's about how I uh, about how I see him. As I talked about last week, I did believe that the addition of Waddle is going to kill Preston Williams' value, much to my chagrin, but I don't think it will uh, Devontae Parker. Um, I really think that he's going to start alongside Waddle, and Parker and Waddle will be the top two receivers. Of course, Miami did sign Will Fuller this year, but it's only a one-year contract, so he might be a factor this year, but I don't think it's going to affect the dynasty value of Parker um, or Waddle. I think those are going to be the two receivers going forward yeah, with this new, uh, what looks to be a very, very improved uh, offense in Miami. Tua has definitely the most to gain by this pick, and he remains steady as my number 13th ranked quarterback here now after the draft. Next up was uh, Devontae Smith. Philadelphia actually traded up to get the Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, Devontae Smith is now reunited with his former quarterback, Jalen Hurts, another reuniting. Pretty pretty crazy. Uh, Hurts, of course, when he played for Alabama before he went to, to OU. Uh, Philadelphia was the team whose scouts I trusted, I used to trust the most, but in recent years they really have disappointed. No need to look further than J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. He was bust, and then they drafted him ahead of JK, or DK Metcalf. And then last year, Jalen Rager, uh, though he might have the excuse of uh, his injury being part of the problem for him, but he was even drafted ahead of Justin Jefferson, which made them look stupid. So I'm, I'm kind of questioning uh, the Philadelphia scouting team right now, which makes me a little bit nervous about Smith. Uh, I tentatively moved him up to number 23 in my Dynasty rankings for wide receivers, which is just four spots ahead of Waddle. And then I have Jalen Rager ranked as number 35. Um, I'm not th- think I'm going to move him down because of this this uh, because of this drafting Smith. I think Smith and Rager should compete for the wide receiver one position in Philadelphia, and I would not count out Rager for becoming the better wide receiver than Smith. I really do think that could happen. I think both both of them are actually going to help each other, but only one's going to end up becoming the wide receiver one. Jalen Hurts definitely benefits the most from this, as Philadelphia had the opportunity to draft Justin Fields, but they didn't. So it really looks clear that now this is Hurts' job. And I have him ranked as my number 16 dynasty quarterback. Uh, and only really because there's three rookie quarterbacks that drafted in this draft that have jumped ahead of him, which I've uh, spoken about a few of them right now. I'll speak about the next one right here. Because pick number 111, the pick later, was Justin Fields who went to Chicago. I think Chicago did an excellent job trading up to get Fields for really what could be the steal of the deal in this draft. Uh Fields was my QB2 in my rookie uh, class leading up to the draft and how he remains my QB2 uh, moving forward after being picked by Chicago here. I've immediately moved him up to my number 11 ranked dynasty quarterback ahead of Zach Wilson and ahead of Trey Lance. Um, 
all those, um, including myself in super flex leagues, thought that they had backed into a starting quarterback with Andy Dalton are now reeling. I know that hurt me pretty bad. I had Dalton in two of my super flex leagues and thought, oh, wow, he signed with Chicago. Now I have a third starting quarterback that I didn't know that I had. Well, well, Dalton's value rose a little bit because of that. But now uh, his dynasty value has plummeted yet again, and he's bound to be a career backup at this point because Fields is going to take the field pretty quickly. Allen Robinson may have the top-tier quarterback in the first for the first time in his career, may lead him to sign a long-term contract with a team uh, or, um, you know, or break his franchise contract and sign a long-term contract even before the season starts. Darnell Moody sees uh, an immediate bump in his dynasty value too. Though, as I spoke about last week, I do think that Chicago is very likely to add a wide receiver on day two tonight in the draft. Uh, Now that they've drafted Fields, they have even more reason to give him some weapons that he could throw to. So Fields is up to my number 11 uh, dynasty quarterback, number two in this class, in my opinion. Following him was another quarterback, 1.15, so pick 15, was Mac Jones. Uh, Man, uh, New England stayed pat and they wound up getting their future quarterback without having to trade up. Uh, Jones was my fifth-ranked rookie quarterback throughout the process, and he remains so even after this draft. I think he's behind uh, all-pro quarterback Cam Newton. I think he's likely to sit for a year unless Cam gets injured, which could very well happen too. I think his signing doesn't affect the dynasty value of really any other New England players because they're so so hard to judge any of the New England offense right now. I think, but his first-round capital has really raised his value Right now, I have him as my number 28th ranked quarterback overall in Dynasty. I think he's going to get every chance to become the future starter for New England. It just might not be in this first year. Pick number 120 was Kadarius Toney. Uh, the Giants surprised me a lot by drafting wide receiver. If you listened to me last week, I said that I thought that they wouldn't. So on this one, I'll admit that I was wrong. Um, the truth is I've been way lower on Tony, the most Dynasty analyst. Uh, he's only had one productive year in college, and he seems to be uh, more of a gadget player, in my opinion, and that would be good for an NFL team, but not good for a dynasty team. And I'm going to stand by this take. Uh, I only moved uh, moved him up to number 56 in my dynasty rankings as wide receivers. Uh, given his draft capital, I had to move him up, uh, but that's as high as I think I could get him. Uh, he's another weapon for Daniel Jones, who has no excuses now to uh, improve himself after the Giants had a Kenny Dalladay, John Ross, and now Tony in the draft. Uh, Jones is really yet to prove himself, so his value stays about the same for me. I have him quarterback number 19, uh, despite adding these playmakers. Um, and I thought that Sterling Shepard was a winner after the Giants signed Galladay, since he could return to a more natural position in the slot. But unfortunately, Shepard now has the most to lose because of this. With Tony joining the team, I think Shepard has the most to lose. He is under contract through 2023, so I'm still more hopeful than maybe some other owners would be. Um, I think he's still going to be part of the offense. I actually still right now have him ranked number 44, which is ahead of Tony. I think Tony has a lot to prove, and we'll see what happens. Um, I like Shepard far more than Tony when they were drafted. So look at his class years ago. I liked him far more than Tony. But I have to admit that his age and the signing could really close the gap quickly and even just a few weeks into the season. Pick number 124 was Najee Harris. Uh, He was my number two ranked Rookie behind Jamar Chase from day one of my evaluation, and his landing spot in Pittsburgh makes me keep him number two throughout the rest of the offense, offense or rest of the offseason. I moved him up to my number seven uh, dynasty running back. 
Pittsburgh has one of the worst offensive lines in the league. That's true, but I think they're going to focus the rest of their draft picks on offensive line. This is from a dynasty perspective, still a win. It could be that their horrific running game stats last year were partly to blame because of their poor running back play. That's very possible. And as I uh, spoke about last week, Harris would get drafted by Pittsburgh, and he did, which meant that he's going to kill the value of Anthony McFarland and Jalen Samuels. Uh, leave, I think, leaving only Benny Snell as the backup option. Worth keeping on dynasty rosters, but McFarland and Samuels now can be dropped for most dynasty rosters. One pick later, surprise, Travis Etienne. Um, while I was you know, talking about these while the draft was going on, uh, like I said earlier, Jacksonville may draft a running back, killing the value of James Robinson, and they did. Unbelievable. I think Robinson was the most traded player in all of my leagues last year. And all of the, all of the players or owners uh, who had sold Robinson high last year have won in a significant way. Man, those who bought Robinson at a price last year are hating this pick right now. I think Robinson is going to quickly be replaced by ETN and become a backup. And then Carlos Hyde's dynasty value is finally going to come to an end now that now that he is the third running back on the depth chart there. Uh, I moved ETN all the way up to my number 10 dynasty running back. I think that new coach Urban Meyer is going to know how to deploy ETN's specific skills, which worked well in college. I think uniting him with Trevor Lawrence, another reuniting here. We've got Lawrence with ETN. This other reuniting is really going to help him get off to the right start immediately. Um, the fight for Javante Williams is going to get intense now that two uh, running backs have been drafted back-to-back in the draft. It's going to be fun to see what happens <clears throat> tonight in day two. Finally, in the most depressing pick of my opinion was pick 1.26 was Rashad Bateman to Baltimore. This pick was the most disappointing of the first round, in my opinion. Bateman was my second-ranked wide receiver in the rookie rankings. Uh, I was so excited about him, <clears throat> and he was now drafted to a team and a quarterback in Lamar Jackson that I cannot believe will capitalize on his talent. I think Baltimore's offense is too run-heavy. Jackson's too inaccurate to make the wide receiver great. Uh, they drafted the type of wide receiver they needed with the size and catch radius, but they did the same thing uh, two years ago with Miles Boykin. I think Bateman is far, far better than every receiver on the team, including first-round pick in 2019, Marquise uh, Brown. He's far better than him. But I just don't believe that Jackson and the Baltimore offense can capitalize on Bateman's incredible talent. I could only move Bateman up to number 35 in my dynasty rankings, 16 spots ahead of Marquise Brown, who I have ranked at number 51. It stinks. I'm not going to re-rank my rookie rankings until after the draft is complete, but there's no way that Bateman's going to remain my number two rookie wide receiver uh, based on this signing, even though he has the draft capital in the first round. I hate where he landed, and that really disappoints me as a huge Bateman fan. Don't like his fit there uh, with that offense. But maybe his value is going to fall, and if it falls, (laughs) maybe we could take advantage of it because other people, I think, will think the same. Well, that's it. Uh, That was my recap real quickly on the first round. I'd like to get this out to you early so you can have fun thinking about and uh, dwelling on the draft here. I'm going to do the same thing tomorrow with the uh, second and third rounds of the draft. I'll put out another podcast on Saturday uh, discussing what I think about some of the skill players that were drafted in those two rounds. And then a week later, I will talk about the late round picks and won't talk about all of them, but the ones that I think are most significant. That's a wrap for this week, my freaky friends. Make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. That's dynastyfreaks with two E's at gmail.com. 
I'm much better on email than Twitter, so email me. I would love to communicate with you. I'd be honored if you take time to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. That would mean a lot. Thanks for listening. I appreciate your support. I do want to become your most trusted, independent voice in the Dynasty landscape. Enjoy the draft this weekend. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there and get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.